Welcome to Side Talks. We're a podcast. We talk about movies. Who, who are you? I'm Rachel Morgan. And I'm Corey Kraft. Let's talk about the movies. Let's do it. And now, a look at what we're watching this week. Well, Corey, you talked about this in a previous episode. And I'm going to tell you now what I'm watching. Okay. And I am, as predicted, very happy, uh-huh. very excited about a film called Zola. I Yeah, that was a safe bet. It was a safe bet, but man, oh man, did I have a great fucking time at the movies it's so with this good. thing. It's so good. I think I know what line you were talking about when you said there's a particular line that's going to stand out to you. I'm not going to say it because I do want people to experience this film and, and really just have but that it, land. It's after the dance, right? It's after the dance. Yeah, yeah of course. It's... I, I dropped out of. As a matter of fact, I must. I probably missed five minutes of dialogue I after that because I fell out of my seat. I laughing. I was laughing so hard that I missed the first couple lines of the next scene. I love everything about this film. Yeah, I mean, this is you, you've talked about it, so I won't spend too much time. But the characters are um, just amazingly drawn. I love the origin story of this thing, but I also love hate being in this world for you know ninety some odd minutes, and. <laughs> One of the things I, I will mention that I like the most is that, man, oh, man, does this have a great fucking villain in it. Oh, hell yeah. And the villain, when there's a little – there's like a little kind of code shift thing that happens. Uh-huh. And it is fucking sinister. It is one of the most sinister moments. There's, like, there there's about three or four minutes in this film that are about the most sinister moments that you can get outside of a Von Trier film. Right. Um, the, the performer there, Coleman Domingo, is wonderful. Yeah, he's he's an actor. He's a very very talented actor who's popped up in a lot of stuff recently. Um, in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, most recently from last year, um, he holds his own against you know Viola Davis and uh, Chadwick Boseman in that movie. Um, and and he's been popping up in supporting roles you know for years. He's he's great. Um, and maybe this will be the thing that helps him finally break out because he's he's terrific and he's so scary in this movie. So scary, and this thing is it. it I I would say I would argue that I don't think it, every decision it makes is a good decision. I think that there are some flaws in this film. Uh-huh. I think there are some faults. There are some things I don't like. But damn it, is this thing stylish and it is committed. It is absolutely committed to doing what it does and I am never going to argue with that. Yeah. So I really appreciate this thing and I love the women in this movie mm-hmm. and man, I, I cannot recommend it more and this it would be such a shame. If you're watching this film on your fucking phone, <laughs> I will bare knuckle fight you. <laughs> Name the place, bitch. Name the place. <laughs> this thing is amazing and it deserves to be seen on a big screen with big sound. Great fucking movie. Yeah. 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 That's For what sure. Watching. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're on board with Zola. I had a feeling you would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, no, sh- no surprise here. It's irresistible. Um, I guess I'll talk about Black Widow, uh, which is oh, the damn. last movie that I saw in theaters, okay. the okay. new uh, Marvel movie. I've watched a ton of junk over the last week. What I do every summer is I will go to the public library and I'll get a stack of DVDs and Blu-rays of movies that came out earlier in the year that I missed. And this year in particular, there are a lot of them because, you know, I didn't go to the theaters until like March. So all these, and I didn't, I didn't go very frequently. I'm backlogged, especially compared to where I would be. But most of these movies were movies that I probably wouldn't have gone to see in the theaters anyway. So I'll just get them from the library and watch them and they'll inevitably be terrible. And that's what's been happening. So Black Widow is one of the better things I've seen recently. Was this, Um, uh, 
um, tell me who's in this. Uh, Rachel Vice is in this. Rachel right? Vice is in this. Florence Pugh is in this. Love of that. course, Scarlett Johansson is the okay. lead. That's what, that's what I was saying. Uh, David at. Harbour. Okay. Um, Don't care about the men in this. I just <laughs> wanted you to list all the women. Uh, well, the three women are enough uh, reason to see this on on uh, their own. Um, Especially Florence Pugh, who is is great. Um, dear to your heart, for sure. Dear to my heart after the one-two punch in 2019 of Midsommar and Little Women. Um, so so Black Widow is kind of uh, – it's a prequel sort of uh, or at least a movie that takes place um, prior to the events of the last Avengers movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, because spoiler alert, uh, in Avengers Endgame, the last Avengers movie, the character of Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, dies. So uh, this is after 10 years of Scarlett Johansson playing this character, finally her at bat as the uh, solo lead Oh, so she actually does die for good in Avengers. In Avengers Endgame, oh, now she I dies. I wish I had stayed more than 20 minutes for that because I would have loved to seen the nerd outbreak when she died in that room. I bet people lost their nachos. Well, um, compared to other things that happened oh, later in that okay. movie, it's, it's well, a, um, I ultimately a minor thing. I couldn't hang in there, Corey. I couldn't. Well, even though I knew, I knew there would be some sort of a yeah, it's come apart. It, there's there is there are consequences in Avengers <laughs> Endgame, um, but they're not they're not obviously uh, too long lasting because you can just go back in time as Black Widow does and make movies with these characters again. Um, so it, it it's about the character of Black Widow, this this um, you know super spy trained in this uh, covert Russian whatever. Um, Turns out that when she was a little girl, she was part of a sleeper cell of Russian agents posing as an American Speaking family. Speaking of sleeper cells. <laughs> um, her, her Brad, quote can unquote, you set an alarm for me and wake me up in 10 minutes? Oh, come on. It's not that boring. Um, her quote-unquote parents were played by Rachel Weisz and, um, and David Harbour. They're these um, Russian agents, and they had uh, she had a little sister who grows up to be Florence Pugh. Later in life, um, circumstances happen so that um, she is put back into contact with this uh, former family, again in quotes, and they have to do a whole bunch of business to save the world from this Russian uh, whatever. Um, Can we hate Russia again? Is that happening? Well, I think it is happening, or at least we're hating the um, men who run these um, secret agent facilities that train women and take away their agency. (gasps) We should write a horror film called Putin's Puppet. Well... Black Widow kind of already got there, except it doesn't <laughs> mention Vladimir Putin at all. Um, it's you know this is pretty good. Um, so you like this? I, I like it. Yeah, I'm very bored. I don't think that that will stop if you were to see this movie. I don't uh, like because I, I think the action is a little bit more uh, tactile. Um, there's a little bit more hand to hand combat. At least in the first part of this movie, it devolves into the typical Marvel explosions, fortress in the sky thing. Two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. Well, that's a little shorter than I even thought it would be, but still 45 minutes too long. It's got, and you know it, and you know it. It's got, no, I'm not going to argue too much about that. It, it's a long movie. Um, you know, Johansson's fun, Florence Pugh's fun, David Harbour and Rachel Weisz are fun, the action's fun. There's some good humor in it. Um, and if you're in the tank for these superhero things like I am, um, you'll be on board with it. If you are not in the tank with these superhero things, Rachel, as you are not, right. I right. don't know that I would say that this is 
uh, vitally important for you to get out and go see. Um, yeah, I like to support a female-led action film, uh-huh. even when that action film is of, of the superhero variety. So I, I do appreciate that about it, and, and clearly three... And female-directed. Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Directed so, by an Australian director named Kate Shortland. Okay, well, I appreciate all of those things, and certainly, you know, I, I'm and I would like to, you know, show that support. But man, this is a tough sell for me. It just is. I mean, your your instincts are probably correct. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't rush out from. I wouldn't say. Yeah, I'm going to put a button in programming the Sidewalk <laughs> Film Festival and go run out and see Black Widow. No, at the I moment. did that already for Zola. Sure. And I feel like that was the best choice. That was the best choice. Um, also, a superhero film, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, Black Widow, uh, pretty good summer entertainment. It's not saving the movies or anything like that, but I'm, I'm glad that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is back on the big screen. And again, I'm already in the tank for all this shit, so I'm going to go see it. And you're definitely going to be buying the Blu-ray when it comes out. 100% on 4K of course, UHD of course, Blu-ray. Of course. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we've been watching. For over one million years, Rachel and Corey have talked. And now they share with you one of the greatest accomplishments of all time. Their list of the top 200 films. All right, it's time to once again jump into our top 200 films of all time list. Rachel, we are starting with number 72 today, so I'm going to kick things off here. Please do. My number 72 is the first film from writer-director Mel Brooks, The Producers, with Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder. Oh, Um, Lord. Oh, no. Why are you you heavily sighing? What's wrong with the producers? <laughs> the producers is hilarious. Corey, if you have to ask. Oh, my God. All right. Well, the producers is a hilarious, uh, empirically and objectively <laughs> great comedy about two sleazy producers, well, one a little bit more uptight than the other, who um, purposefully create a bad Broadway musical about Adolf Hitler to make money. Um, and it's uh, hilarious. Everything about it is hilarious. Um, no matter what certain people may tell you eventually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, my 72 is a very different world. All it right. is a documentary. It is a documentary directed, an Alabama documentary directed by an Alabama, um, at least originally from Alabama, Margaret Brown. It is The Order of Myths. I like The Order of Myths a lot. Great documentary yeah. and one that sticks with you for, for many, many years and can easily be revisited. Really appreciate the film. Definitely. Uh, number 71, another comedy, this from the silent era uh, from director Buster Keaton. Uh, this film is called Our Hospitality, and it's not one of Keaton's uh, more famous films, but pound for pound, it might be one of his funniest. It is his take on the Hatfield-McCoys feud, and he plays a young man who um, is besotted with a young woman. But he discovers that uh, the woman that he's in love with is the daughter of a family that has a blood feud against his family. So when he goes home to meet her parents, they try to kill him, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Uh, Buster Keaton goes off a waterfall, um, and all sorts of other stunt-related mishaps ensue. It's great. And I have heard a rumor that Buster Keaton actually performed on the stage of the Lyric Theater 
right down here in downtown Birmingham. Oh, that would be amazing. The film, the, excuse me, the the the, cin- the theater was built for vaudeville. Yeah. Unlike the Alabama theater that was built for silent film, the Lyric Theater was built for vaudeville. And my understanding is the Keaton family performed there at least once. So, wow. That would have so, been... The next time you're at the Lyric, just on the off chance that that's correct, it's probably worth your time to get on your knees and kiss that fucking stage. Well, I'll have to. <laughs> Don't think I won't. I know you will. I know you will. Um, okay, well, that's a that's a great choice. I think I agree. Uh, My seventy one very different, and in many ways, a, a very bad film. Oh, but in many ways, a great film. Okay, and so this kind of this kind of meets in the middle, and it's one that wouldn't be on the list if it weren't for number seventy. And so these are number these two films are right next to each other for a reason. And I can't help it. I put it on the list because it is really intensely watchable for somebody who grew up in it's been a significant portion of my life, at least in Houston, Texas, and who loves the film this is a sequel to uh-huh. and who also is a huge Sybil Shepherd fan. Do you see where I'm going with I this? I think I do, yeah. This is Texas Phil. I've never seen this by one. Peter Bogdanovich. And it is a, as you're going to see from number 70, it is a sequel to The Last Picture Show and a sequel, one of, one of the, one of those great sequels that happens like 30 years later. Yeah. And man, I, I can't help it. While this thing suffers in many places, it has so many memorable moments and there's something about it that I really love, including Annie Potts is in it. Yeah. This, this movie has its fans, but I've, I've never seen it. So I think you might. I think you'll see where I'm going with this. Yeah. I think you'll identify the problems with the film and you'll do some eye rolling, but ultimately I think you might really enjoy it. Sure. And of course a great double feature with what my number 70 will be, but I will turn this over to you now. Well, my number 70 is the only film directed by the great actor, Charles Lawton. It's of course the night of the hunter with yeah. Robert Mitchum. Great fucking film. One of the most singularly strange and visually amazing films ever made. Uh, there's nothing really quite like it. Speaking of sinister, right? Oh yeah. Gosh. And, and Robert Mitchum's performance, of course, one of the all time great um, sinister screen performances. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant film. Well, as you are, have probably gathered my number 70 is indeed uh, from 1971 the last picture show yeah. directed by the one and only peter bogdanovich and uh i love this fucking film a lot very yeah. controversial film uh film that featured some you know dicey nudity because of the age of civil shepherd at the time and just sort of all around sad sack of a movie but one i love very very much uh yeah yeah and Great. also, as you can tell by the title, if you haven't ever seen the film, uh, it's clearly, you know, hitting hitting, hitting me up for some real sentimentality. Right. Yeah. Great movie. Number 69 on my list, a film that you, I think, mentioned last time or the time before it, Douglas Sirk's All That Heaven Allows. Oh, wow. One of the great uh, Technicolor melodramas. Um, and, and as you pointed out, a really great holiday movie. Yeah. Oh, I agree. totally agree. And I have lost my list, okay? So okay. I am pulling my list back up. Sorry for everybody for this slight delay. Can you remind me what number we're on here? Uh, 69. Oh, I see why. The forces have come together to try to shock my phone out of my hands Uh-oh. and pull it into a some sort of a, I don't know, it's actually kind of confusing. My number 69 is Donnie Darko. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've talked a lot about this film, so I won't I won't lean too much into it. But we've both agreed that this thing is, holds up, holds up, it's and so it's good. just just 
original and wild and all the all great things except for uh sam we are we did make a note i don't think i think when you weren't here that we do plan to argue about that little tiny bitch oh god I Jill forgot about Hall. this. He's so Jill, good. You Jill like this movie I so much. Like and he's so good in it. And he's so good in most things. And yet you're still like, he's a whiny little bitch. I, I just, I just, I'll never understand it. We will, I'll never we will five it. minute fight it out. Outrageous. I do, I do like this film and I actually like him in this. But uh, other than that, he's a little punk. He's great. Anyway, that's, you know, that's where I land at 69 there. Number 68, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. Okay. I can't even like catch that it. That came out of nowhere, but yeah. I I appreciate that. I can't. I, I you know, and I guess this is representative. If if you want me to cheat on this list, this entry is kind of representative of of both the first and second. But I think I just slightly prefer the second because of the comedy. Yeah. Well, my 68, I'm kind of questioning now because I feel like it was on maybe my other list and maybe I've screwed up. But you know what? This sucker's so long that even if it is, it deserves <laughs> two spots and because it's Robert Altman's shortcuts. I'm not I – don't, I don't know if you've brought that up yet, but I, I won't complain about it. Well, I, love this I definitely movie. remember mentioning something about this film. Maybe it was in a different discussion. Well, we talked about it in the, the lightning round. Oh, okay. We did on yeah, Altman. That's what, so. that, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, but so. uh, I, love, I love this film. If we talked about it in the lightning round, I won't spend too much time on it except that I'll love it. Prank call me anytime you want. <laughs> Number 67 on my list is Henri-Georges Clouseau's The Wages of Fear. A bunch of dudes strap themselves into a bunch of trucks carrying nitroglycerin through the desert. And sometimes if they hit too big a bump on the road, those (laughs) trucks will explode. Uh, One of the most um, suspenseful movies ever made. Later remade in 1977 by the great... William Friedkin as the great movie Sorcerer. But The Wages of Fear, oh, a little better and obviously a classic. Yeah. Cool. My 67. Bring it, Jennifer Kent. Bring it, bitch. It's the Babadook. Woo. Something tells me that this is not the last Jennifer Kent movie that we'll be hearing about on your list. No, it's not. No, it's not. And also, Jennifer Kent, I cannot wait for what's next because, boy, oh, boy, do you get meaner and meaner as you make them. And I love it, boo. Yeah. The Babadook is great. Great Um, fucking movie. That other Jennifer Kent movie that we were alluding to is also great, but we'll talk about that when we talk about it. Uh, 66 on my list is Noah Baumbach's The Squid and the Whale. Um, Probably my favorite Baumbach movie. As you can see, it inspired Rachel to heavily sigh, so that means it's good. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a saga of divorce between Jeff Bridges and Laura is. Linney. Um, no, Jeff Daniels and Laura Linney uh, with little Jesse Eisenberg caught between them. Um, you know, it's it's a battle of pretentious New Yorkers um, and, well, just really funny and dark and sad and, and all the things I like in, in my movies. Well, my number 66 has a lead character in it that will end all those little bitches. Okay. And that is because from 1999, it is the film Audition. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch this film. Yeah, don't look anything up. Um, it's just, you know, it's like a nice little romantic comedy. A guy, <laughs> guy is lonely. He, he just needs to, he just, he just wants, wants to meet somebody. He just wants to meet somebody nice. And that's what the movie is about. And uh, go watch it and know nothing else about it. Yep. All right. 
I'm going to close uh, this entry out on on my list with a well, kind of an Alabama documentary, but not by an Alabama filmmaker. Um, one of my favorite documentaries of all time. It's uh, Spike Lee's Four Little Girls. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. About well, that the, makes um, sense. The uh, 16th Street yeah. Baptist Church bombing. Um, I think it's just one of the best uh, pieces of documentary style sort of investigative journalism that you'll see and and just kind of a formative movie for little Corey. And featuring a very controversial interview with George Wallace yeah. towards one of the last interviews with him towards the end of his life, produced by a former sidewalk board member, Michelle Foreman. That's right. So um, great film all around. And certainly that is in, that is in the canon. Yeah. Um, I'm, I have a 65 coming too though, right? Do I, yep. am I? Okay. Yep. Um, this one you're going to appreciate greatly. You're going to pat me on the back for this one and be very happy with me, which I like to end a list with you happy. <laughs> and that is because it is Terrence Malick's Badlands coming oh, out at number 65. Yes. I am uh, so happy. The film that launched a thousand voiceovers. <laughs> but man, oh man, does it do it right. A very adorable and strange sissy Spacek. And uh, dang, this is a great fucking movie. Yeah, scary Martin Sheen in that too. Yeah, scary, but but also scary, sinister, strange, but also kind of adorable. Yeah, yeah. What a wonderful movie this is. Is this the, is this the last Malik on your list? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me. It's not the last on yours. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, we got a lot more Malik to come, I think. Uh, well, we're burning through them, so that's our that's where we'll land this top 200 list for now. Podcast at SidewalkFest.com with your thoughts and picks. Well, thanks for listening to Side Talks, where your own personal cinematic Heathcliff and Garfield. Have we done that one before? <laughs> no. Um, that, that seems... Apropos, both orange cats. I could take. I could They're take either one. Orange cats, little attitude. Yeah, that would be- I will, I'm going to go with Garfield because I like lasagna. Well, how do you feel about Mondays? <laughs> oh, I hate them too. Oh, okay. Well, this is. Fair. I hate every weekday though, so I'm going to double down <laughs> on that. Uh, well, uh, check us out online at uh, sidewalkfest.com or at sidewalkfilm on social media. That's where you can find um, cinema showtimes and information about the Sidewalk Film Festival happening in downtown Birmingham's Theater District. Not to be missed. Yep. You're going to want to get those tickets and passes. Go ahead. I'll wait. Do them now. And thanks to Batwell Studios. And thanks most of all to you for listening and Splash 96 for our music. Goodbye. Get those passes. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.